Hello, it's me again. It's Logan. It's Heartright. Uh, and, uh, you know, obligatory. It's been a long time since I've recorded one of these. Uh, so let's get that out of the way first. Uh, so today I'm going to be uh, continuing this series of just me talking into a phone uh, by talking about the anime movie Your Name. Uh, and uh, so if you didn't know about this series, uh, I guess you could kind of call it a series. Uh, about this podcast is that I, I basically wanted an opportunity to voice my thoughts without interruption since I, I don't usually get that opportunity a lot where I don't usually talk that much and I feel like the frequency or the way I talk in some way uh, prompts interruption and I'm really working on changing that and also I because of that I haven't had much opportunity to talk for long periods of time, so I don't, and I'm not good at it. So this is basically a way for me to train, and, you know, at this point, and if it turns into something else, then awesome. If it turns into a freaking anime review series, I'd be perfectly fine with that, since we're talking about another anime movie today, uh, and especially since the, the fairy tale movie, The Dragon Cry episode, which was the second episode I did, was uh, actually really popular compared to some of my other episodes. It got, like, over 300 listens, which is cool. Thank you so much if you listen to that, uh, and I hope this is as entertaining or as uh, informational, I guess. Um, so, uh, opening thoughts. So, Your Name, which is an anime movie that came out in 2016, directed by Makoto Shinkai, and... Uh, it uh, got lots of awards in Japan. Um, I, I forget. I, I should have written it down. I believe it was like the eighth uh, top-grossing traditional uh, animation movie of all time, like worldwide. Um, and I know it, it got several records in Japan. Uh, and I know it held the box office for like... 14 weeks and then the Death Note movie came out and it topped the box office and then Your Name came back up on the box office for like another three weeks. Uh, so that's kind of funny. You don't usually see that in box offices, I don't think. At least not here in the United States. I don't know how much it is in Japan. But uh, so I, I heard lots of things about it in 2016 when it came out. And I, uh, to tell you the story, I finally... You know, I asked for it, I believe, last Christmas. Uh, I asked for a Blu-ray of it, or Blu-ray and DVD set of it, uh, for Christmas. I got it, and uh, I've been waiting for a chance to use it, to watch it, I guess I should say, since uh, the rest of my family isn't too keen on watching anime movies, so I didn't really want to bother them. I didn't really want to be interrupted. Um, and also, the DVD-ROM in my laptop... Uh, it doesn't work, I've found, it, which is, yeah, it's really unfortunate because it really skips, so I couldn't really watch it in, in my room. Uh, so uh, an opportunity arose where uh, my grandma was going away on a trip, and she wanted me and my sister to go over and take care of her dog, and that meant uh, uh, staying over at her house for the night. Um, so she was gone for like four days, so my sister and I uh, switched off on the days we went over, and the first night I went over, I brought your name to watch on her DVD player, and I just sat there with her dog watching it, 
and I have not cried that much in a very, very long time. It was very emotional, the movie, and especially since I was basically isolated in a home that was not my own, uh, and it was like midnight or 1 a.m. at the time, and also like a lot of stuff has been going on with me and like my friends and my and my employment situation and, and stuff like that. It was very emotional to me. Um, so I'm going to talk about why in the other segments. Uh, but um, actually, I don't really have to do other segments, do I? Hmm. I may try that out. But these are opening thoughts. Anyway, Anchor's changed a lot, so I, I need to really learn how to use it. Uh, but anyway, so uh, I would heavily recommend it, uh, first of all. That's Your Name by Makoto Shinkai. And, um, you know, the animation is really good. The The acting is really good, actually, too. Uh, the imagery is really good, and I'm going to talk about all those in depth uh, when I get into the movie. So uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's at HeartRightYT. If you want to follow my YouTube as well, uh, I don't have a custom URL yet, but uh, you can search HeartRight, and my icon is a heart container from Legend of Zelda. And I'm going to work on further logo design for that too. If you want to follow me on Twitch, I do occasional streams. Probably want to be more consistent. Just like this. Just like an anchor. <laughs> uh, and uh, um, so uh, that's twitch.tv slash heartrightyt. And uh, yes, I am going to be trying to be more consistent with podcasts. Uh, and thank you so much for listening uh, on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It would really make a difference if you left a review because that makes me feel good. But more importantly, <laughs> wow, that, that came out ego. Anyway, um, that uh, really helps me out. Uh, that really helps the podcast out. And that gets uh, other people to listen to it more. Um, so uh, anyway, I'm going to talk more about your name. Okay, so uh, to tell you about uh, your name by Makoto Shinkai, first of all, I uh, I Wikipedia the the movie to get a little more background information on it. The director, who's like forty five by the way, Makoto Shinkai, and he deserves all the recognition in the world because <laughs> on Wikipedia this is this is what he says this is what it says he is a director, writer, producer, animator, editor, cinematographer, voice actor, manga artist, and former graphic designer. First of all. To have all those under your belt in any stretch of time is really impressive, but also the fact that it says former graphic designer at the end makes me think that all those other titles he is currently, which is crazy to me to think, uh, especially someone you know who directs a movie, like usually that's all they are, or maybe like an actor or a actor and producer on the side, but definitely not like an animator or an editor or uh, a manga artist as well, which is awesome. Um, so uh, all, all props go to him. He's he is definitely somebody to watch for in the future. He also uh, made a film called The Garden of Words, which to tell you a little story about that is uh, I found it online somewhere. I didn't watch it, but I was like, hey, this looks good. Um, and 
I, I bookmarked it, and I always meant to go back and watch it, and this is definitely a good opportunity, knowing that uh, the director is super good at what he does. So, to talk about your name, just kind of a, a general uh, understanding of it, there, that the premise, without going too much into spoilers, I, I will go into spoilers uh, in later segments, but for, for the moment now, um, the, the premise is that uh, two high school people, two high schoolers, I guess is the way to say it, uh, um, Taki, which is a boy, and Mitsua, who is a girl, uh, are just kind of living their lives, and one, it's kind of a uh, city versus country kind of thing, actually. Uh, Taki, the guy, lives in Tokyo, and Mitsuha lives in this little rural vi village called, wow, I completely, Itomori, I believe is what it's called. Uh, I completely forgot. But it's this little rural uh, farming village, like next to a lake. And they wake up one morning in each other's bodies, uh, like switching switching bodies. And um, so the movie is basically about how they deal with that. Um, and then they eventually learn to know each other better and, uh, you know, eventually fall in love, blah, blah, blah. Um, but there is a lot more to it than that, which I can't tell you without spoiling it. But um, anyway, the, what lies at the, at the center of this, obviously, is, is the human connection between them. Um, and, uh, again, without going too much into it, everything stands in opposition to it, which is really good story progression, actually, uh, when I, now that I come to think about it, when, when you break it down to the simple, like, oh, we have a goal to meet in real life, or whatever, or just to get to know this person, at, in, in real life, um, and... Uh, so many obstacles keep getting in the way, and there's especially one big plot twist, like, two-thirds of the way through the movie, that, uh, is like, oh, well, that's, that's not gonna happen, but they still try, and, um, so, yeah, um, so, I guess, what did I want to say with this? So that's basically the premise, right? Um... Which, you know, every sci-fi show has done that kind of thing. Kim Possible did that kind of thing. And and usually it's handled, uh, like, kind of comedically. And it was actually really, re really uh, refreshing to see this done in kind of a more dramatic way. But also, like, uh, you know, this isn't just a uh, one-and-done thing, like, oh, an experiment went wrong, and we have to correct the experiment. This is, like, a mystical, like, it's, it's not really given much of an explanation, either, of why it's happening. Uh, and just to, like, tie these two people together, uh, which I guess is kind of a negative part of it, but, but I, I, honestly, I kind of like it that way, because it takes it away from the sci-fi aspect of it, and it brings it more into reality where, you know, if that stuff were to happen to you, you wouldn't really find out how it happened, you know? You would just kind of have to deal with it. You, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be more of a, it wouldn't be a how or why question you would have to ask. You would be a, okay, what do I do now, now that this is happening to me, 
and now it's stopped for a while, and what do I do? And I do more research on the other person and find out, spoilers, uh, but it, it's... It really uh, brings the the image of, like, this isn't comedic. This isn't some, you know, sci-fi trope. This is, like, what if you woke up in somebody else's body and they in yours and you having to deal with that? Uh, it's, like, the real human emotions and, and you get to know their friends and, uh, and, you know, they in each other's bodies get to know their friends even though they wouldn't ever come into contact in their entire lives. Um, so that's really interesting to, to find out, I think. Because, yeah, because usually when you have, like, people switch bodies in sci-fi, usually they're people who work together or, like, two of the main characters. But with this, it's, like, two completely separate people. Um, so, yeah, anyway. So um, I'm going to be talking about more about the imagery in the next segment. But anyway, I would recommend your name, just because this will be the only segment that doesn't have spoilers in it. Uh, and so uh, if if you really want to watch it and then come back to this, I welcome you. Um, I would definitely recommend it, though. Uh, bring a box of tissues, for sure, if you're, if you're prone to that kind of thing. And I didn't think I was prone to that kind of thing, but I was. So anyway, the imagery in the next segment. Okay, so next I'd like to talk more about the imagery or or the the recurring images in the film in your name. Uh, and I'm definitely not a cinematographer. I'm definitely not an animator or an artist. So uh, I, I'd like to hedge these opinions before I get to that. But let me just say that it was beautifully animated. There were lots of shots where. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but, like, the, the subject is, like, turning around in a circle, and then the camera around them is going around uh, the other direction in a circle around them. Uh, and I know that can be extremely difficult animating, um, but they did it really, really well. It was very smooth. Everything in that movie was really smooth. It was very beautiful to look at. Very vivid colors. Uh... Just the greens in that film were really good, and and which ma especially made uh, like some of the later scenes when it when it started to get sad, um, like really dark and really uh, low contrast made it seem really really like ma made it seem a lot sadder than it was. Um, but I I'd like to talk about more about the imagery of the door sliding open, and if you've seen the film. You will know what I mean. Uh, I kept seeing that, and it's obviously very, very intentional. How it's basically like the camera is set in the groove where the sliding door uh, is there, and it, it kept showing in like transition scenes where um, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but yeah, the camera is in the groove of the door where the where the door slides open or closed. And you see, you know, the door slide open or closed. And you keep seeing that throughout the film. And I would be, uh, it would behoove me to talk about it just because I feel like that's a very big uh, symbol for something. Probably just to the fact that um, this film definitely does the, uh, well, okay, sorry, I'm talking in too many sentences. Um, 
There is one point in the film where someone talks about time, and then they brought in this time goddess, but I think I think they, they were just talking about time in general, how time has a habit of uh, bringing people together, bringing people apart, and then bringing them back together uh, in, like, non-unexpected times. And um, so I feel like that's, like, a big metaphor for, you know, kind of the if one door closes, another opens, or if, like, like someone tries to go on a date, and the date doesn't do very well, um, and, like, the door closes, or something like that, or, like, I'm getting to know more about this person, and that's opening up more opportunities in my life, where the door opens, and, uh, I feel like if, if I were to examine this film more, I would be able to see, like, how, how that specifically ties more into the story, but, if you watch it, like, it's definitely very intentional, like I said. Um, so, yeah, the door opening and closing was really cool. And I love how they kept bringing it in as a transition shot. Uh, one of the other images, which is very clear in in the box art, in the, in the, in the uh, 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 trailers for it, is this overlaying comet that is in the sky uh, and... Okay, I'm going to talk about spoilers here, just FYI. So, this comet is the one that eventually destroys Itomori. Um, and so, it, it's... And you don't know that until, like, two-thirds of the way through the film. So, it'd be interesting to go back and watch it, because it's kind of this... It's, it's made to look like this beautiful celestial thing. And honestly, it kind of looks like uh, the crack in the sky in the, in the Fortnite last season. <laughs> Uh, but, um, yeah, that, that, yeah, I know, I just lost all my street cred there, but, um, the one in your name is a lot more beautiful, let me tell you, uh, but yeah, it's, it's basically this, this beautiful thing that eventually destroys, uh, Itomori, it eventually destroys the city, um, uh, and, and this, this symbol of destruction, and, and you get the sense that, like, it's kind of what's bringing them together, but it's not. It's it's actually like, it it doesn't have a sentience. It doesn't have anything that has to do with them switching bodies. Probably, although again, their switching bodies is not really explained scientifically, so you you don't really know. Um, but you you have this this comet kind of hanging over things, especially in Mitsuha's uh, storyline, or not her storyline, but her her life in Itomori is that this this beautiful celestial object is going to be passing over, and then, you know, three years later, because that's what happens, if you didn't watch it and you came back here uh, learning spoilers, is that the, the plot twist two-thirds of the way through the film is that they find out that they're uh, three years apart, and the comet has already hit in Taki's timeline, and Mitsuha has been killed. Um, so... Uh, and that's, that makes it really sad at, at that point is, um, like this comet becomes to both Taki and Mitsuha, once Mitsuha learns about it, that, that, that it becomes a symbol of destruction, which, you know, is, is really interesting considering that the film literally starts out with the animation of the comet, like beautifully cutting through the clouds and, and hitting earth. 
And you get from that sense that it's like, oh, that's what's going to cause their switching bodies or whatever. Or, um, you know, oh, look at this beautiful, like, meteor uh, uh, falling to the earth. But then you, it's, it's, it's actually really cool. It's, it's really ironic, I would say, if that's using the word correctly, uh, that, you know, this, this beautiful symbol that's on the box art is, like, basically the villain of the film, honestly. It's, it's what destroys everything at the end. Uh, so, actually, come to think of it, as far as box art goes, if you consider the comet the villain, it fits so many tropes of the, the villain being in, like, overlooming the, the background of the box art. That's an interesting thought. I, I never thought about that before. Um, but, yeah, so the comet basically turns from this really cool thing that we're going to build a festival around into this thing that we have to avoid. Uh, and I realize it's not the real villain. The real villain is kind of the just every obstacle that, that stops um, them from saving Itamori or from being together. Um, but, yeah, the comet is, is a really interesting image that they use in the film. And you see it hit, like, three times throughout the entire film just because of time. <laughs> time things, whatever. Uh, and and it's, it's really cool how they kind of switch up the idea of, you know, beautiful celestial objects. Uh, so, yeah, so that's probably my thoughts on the imagery. Again, the animation was really beautiful. The colors were really cool. It was really fun to look at. Uh, they used a lot of recurring images like the door opening and closing, like the comet, uh, like just the going to school, which I feel like is a, is a fairly common uh, anime trope, but they do it really, really well, how they kind of come to, uh, um, like, th they do a lot of their thinking on their way to and from school which is pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, in the next segment, I will talk about some of the negative things I have about uh, the film. And there aren't that many, but I thought I should talk about them. Okay, so to talk about one quick thing that I completely forgot about, about the imagery, is that throughout your name, there are like three anime openings in it, which is really cool, and I've actually never seen that before in, in an anime movie. Uh, but then again, I haven't seen too many, so it might be more common than you would think. Uh, but it, it, they come at, like, really... Uh, there's one, like, at the at the beginning. But it almost divides the movie into basically, like, a three-part, uh, or a four-part, I guess, uh, like, anime miniseries, almost. Uh, and that's kind of the vibe I got, especially at the beginning one, because uh, it's, like, the visuals in it are like an anime opening, like with the uh, and, and, and it serves as actually a very effective montage of like the main characters going through their, da their daily lives or Taki uh, uh, like uh, researching Itomori or, or them just kind of getting ready for the comet blah 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 uh, so it, it's, it's actually a very effective use of the anime opening and to keep it very anime uh, but also the, the music was good and, and the, the animations were like an anime opening, like I said. It was done that well. Um, but anyway, so to get into uh, some of the more negative things about it, and I don't have too many, like I said, but uh, so 
uh, one thing that I thought about uh, some of the obstacles that they come across seem a little too convenient, and it seems like they're relying too much on the, oh, time works in mysterious ways kind of thing. And I realize that's a good message to come across, because sometimes life works inconveniently, or it works conveniently not in our favor, I guess is one way to put it. And, uh, but, you know, films don't work like that, I guess. Uh, so the plot twist, like two-thirds of the way through the movie, is where you find out that, uh, there is a three-year gap between Mitsuha and Taki's timelines. Uh, and that, that really affected me when I, when I heard it the first time. Uh, it really reminded me of the one Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode. Again, I'm losing all my street cred here. Uh, but basically, the plot of the episode is that uh, the main characters are uh, get a distress call from this like space station somewhere, and um, from this lady who is the sole survivor of some accident. I don't exactly remember, um, but it it takes like three, four. It takes several days, I guess, for the, the main characters to get to this lady who sent out the distress signal. And in that time, since she's the only one there, she uh, talks with the main characters a lot, uh, just over the over the comm signal, and and they get to know each other and they become friends. And then they finally get to her location and they realize that she has been dead for years, and that the the communication signal has gone through some sort of temporal thing anomaly that has. Uh, basically set it back for a few years so that uh or i guess the signal from her from the lady is going like several years into the future i don't know it, it was it was sad to think about it and this movie your name brought a lot of that brought a lot of those memories back but uh so I, yeah i wanted to talk about some of the things that seemed a little too convenient, where especially when it came to their memories, and if you if you watched it, that you would definitely know what I mean, because uh, they keep losing their memories of each other, and that is not explained at all, and it's it happens at very very inconvenient times, uh, and and like the the name of the the film, your name is because they really want to remember each other's names, but they have trouble with that. And, uh, so, like, it's and, and, okay. Especially, like, the point where, um, I think they stop receiving messages from, or, they, yeah, they stop switching places. And, um, uh, a talkie, because it goes basically completely in his perspective, because you find out that Mitsu has long dead. Um, so Taki, like, goes and researches the city and then starts to forget things uh, other than the drawings he made of, of the city that he remembers. And um, so... And then the thing that seemed a little too convenient was the fact that the messages that they had left each other on their phones um, started deleting themselves. And I was like, okay, you know... I get that you could probably explain a way that you're losing your memories just because, like, oh, this was an aberration and this wasn't supposed to happen, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that you delete the messages, it's like, okay, you just want to add an element of sadness to this, which I appreciate, but, like, 
you've got to draw the line somewhere. So I would have liked to see them like figure out a way to kind of bring that sadness in and, and start to lose their memories of each other, but in a less conveniently sad way. I don't know. That, that's the thing that struck me about the film the most, is that the, like I appreciate that there are more and more obstacles that get in the way of them getting together and, and or saving the town, but some of those obstacles are kind of a little bit too convenient, I guess. Uh, maybe I'm off base. I don't know. Again, maybe it comes back to the symbolism of the fact that life works mysteriously and it doesn't always work in our favor and there's usually nothing we can do about that. I don't know. But, uh, you know, let me know if you if you agree with me or something. I don't know. Other than that, the film is really good. It Even though it it is designed to make you sad, uh, it will make you sad. It will make you cry. Um, some of those, some of the things that happen are a little bit like, okay, you, you were designed to make people cry, like, especially toward the end. And again, spoilers, uh, they, they finally meet in some sort of like time purgatory or whatever. That's what I'm calling it anyway. Uh, and they, uh, have trouble remembering each other's names. So they, uh, want to write each other's names on their hands. And so uh, Taki takes uh, Mitsuha's hand and writes, I love you on it. And it's like, okay, the tears are back. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, they, like, it's cut off before Mitsuha can write her name on Taki's hand. So it's stuff like that that it's like, okay, you're just playing with our emotions right now. And I'm not necessarily not in favor of it, but, you know... It would be nicer if it, that was done, like, more subtly or, like, with more explanation. So, maybe. Maybe that would be... Yeah. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Still enjoyed it. Still very much enjoyed it. Still definitely made me cry. Whatever. Anyway, so those are some of the bad things I, I would say about it. Some of the more negative things, I should say. Okay, so... I, I could talk about this movie more, but, again, I've only seen it once. And I'd like to see it more, uh you know, when I'm in a less vulnerable emotional state. I did watch it in the sub, so I guess I, I should have said that it was set before. So maybe I'll watch it in the dub as well, uh, and maybe I'll get a different experience out of it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so those are some of my thoughts about it. If you have anything to say, woo! Uh, <laughs> if you have anything to say about it, if you disagree with me, if you agree with me, if you thought I should have brought up another point, let me know. Uh, in an iTunes review, in a, in a Spotify review, and wherever you leave your, your, uh, podcast reviews, I would love to talk to you. Also, on Twitter, you can follow me at HeartRightYT, that's H-E-A-R-T-R-I-G-H-T-Y-T. So, uh, go ahead and check me out there, go ahead and check my YouTube channel, it's just HeartRight, you can search that in the search bar, uh, and, um... I would, I could not recommend Your Name Enough by Makoto Shinkai. Um, it was very brilliantly done, very beautifully animated. Uh, the art is really cool. It's, it's, it's really beautiful to look at. Um, the story is beautiful too. Uh, just like, honestly, I feel like a film class could study this for, for just story as well as um, kind of recurring imagery. It's really, really cool. Very well done. Um, it is a tearjerker. It's not. It's not necessarily a feel-good movie, 
It's not a sci-fi movie either, which they did that very, very well, considering the premise is a little bit sci-fi sounding. Um, so, yeah, I, I would very much recommend you watch it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Uh, uh, it's a good film. Watch it. Blah, blah, blah. I've said that before. If you want me to do more anime movies, I can on, on here. I don't know. I, I, I watched the uh, Sword Art Online movie uh, recently, so I may have a few thoughts about that as well. Uh, and so I think that might be it for this episode. So thanks so much for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, again, let me know if, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments. Uh, you want me to talk about something else. Uh, you, it, let me know you're listening. You know? Whatever. So, uh, thanks again. Thanks so much for checking this out. Thanks for sticking to the end. Uh, love ya. And I'll see you in the next episode. Hopefully very soon.